0: Hello, Happy New Year, etc., etc. Welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. Uh, It is a podcast about, well, jokes and those who tell them. I am your host, Vulture Senior Editor Jesse David Fox. What happens is each episode, and this is an episode, is a comedian picks one of their jokes to play and discuss. And this week's guest is Bill Burr. Uh, He picked a joke from his most recent stand up special, Walk Your Way Out. As these things go in these fractured times, uh, some of you might instantly be like, sure. I love Billy Burr. He's my favorite comic. I saw him when he played Madison Square Garden. I listen to his podcast twice a week. You know, Bill Burr stuff. While others might be like that guy was on Breaking Bad. I think he has a cartoon on Netflix about his childhood. Uh, yeah, to the latter view, that guy uh, is a very famous, <laughs> revered stand-up comic. Uh, it's, be- it's because Burr is a master of digging himself out of a hole. You know, it's something to pay attention when I play the joke. You know, he'll start with the harshest most disagreeable part of the material like right off the top and then he'll sort of back away from it he'll justify it he'll like kind of half apologize for it so you know you look for like a push and pull of how he kind of goes one step forward two step back of really walking the line of like what the audience may or may not find offensive at that time no one is really doing this at burr's level currently So after we talk about how he does this and his relationship to offending people, because, you know, if you aren't offending anyone, then, you know, are you really being edgy? So without further ado, here's Bill Burr telling a joke and then talking to me about coming up with it. The interview was recorded live at Vulture Festival 2016. If you're wondering why you're hearing laughter or gasps. (laughs) So enjoy.
1: Talking to the ladies, talking about body issues. They're always talking about body issues. That's the dumbest one ever, when they talk about Hollywood, going like, Hollywood, they they create these impossible body images, blah, 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 you know, that whole thing, the plus-size actress, right? The fatties, (laughs) yeah. That's like a big thing, they're they're sick of being treated like fat people. I don't know what it is they're doing, they're going on the cover of magazines now, just like showing how fat they are, wearing a little bit of clothes, and everybody's like hyping them up, like, oh my God, that's so brave. That's so courageous. I'm not saying it doesn't take balls, but that's a bit of an overreach with the word brave. Right? Like, what am I supposed to do if I ever see a fireman running out of a building carrying a baby and an old lady? Am I going to sit there like, oh, my God! You're like a fat actress that takes her shirt off to do a magazine shoot to promote the movie she's in. (laughs) Now, look. I know you're not supposed to make fun of fat people. I understand, all right? I don't know why, though. (laughs) Why? They're not a race, they're not a religion. It's totally curable. Eat an apple and go for a walk, you know? Why are you yelling at everybody else? The fuck are you giving me shit for? All right? You put the cookies in there. I didn't. How is this my problem? Jesus Christ, you ate your way in, you can walk your way out, all right, and just slowly start shedding the pounds. Shove some fucking lettuce in there instead of a bunch of ho-hos, and it's, it's going to come down, and then you're on my side of the fence, right? Join me. Come on, stay with me. Shame. Shame! Right? <laughs> I know, you're not supposed to shame. You're not supposed to fat shame. You're not supposed to slut shame. They're like shaming, shaming. Like, people aren't supposed to walk around with any shame. It's like a legitimate human emotion, but you're not supposed to feel it at all. You know, you're supposed to just walk around like a dictator, just not, you're not gonna feel any shame. You never felt shame? You never had a, such a bad fucking night the next morning, you, you woke up, you couldn't even look yourself in the mirror when you went to go brush your teeth, you looked up, you're like, oh, you fucking piece of shit, wow wow even for you that was bad lights out curtains drawn until at least two in the afternoon before i can even look at you you fucking piece of shit yeah you're supposed to have no shame that's the new world you're just gonna walk around sucking dick you know eating cookies and just show up and nobody's supposed to say anything no one's supposed to have an opinion like wow that's that's gonna go off the rails pretty soon I don't know, it's probably mean to do this stuff, but, like, you can only have so much sympathy. There's so much so much stuff you can care about. You know what happened to me that changed my life? I did a gig in India, right? Unbelievably great people, but some of the stuff that I saw there, I'll never forget. I literally, I did a gig in India. I saw a toddler take a shit between two parked cars, walked away, no pants or parents, and then disappeared into the crowd like Hannibal Lecter at the end of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> It's one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my life and then I come back to my country and it's like oh the studio said I lose 15 pounds to star in a movie Will it start running you fat fuck that's your big complaint in life you know what it is you know, what it, is? You know what it is about these fatties you know what it really is they have no respect for the amount of sacrifice and dedication It takes to truly get in like magazine level shape which is the you ever try to get abs you ever try to get all the abs and get that shit down here you ever try to do it it's fucking impossible (laughs) past the age of 19 you can't do it without tons of help you gotta buy all these exercise tapes you gotta read about nutrition you gotta get a personal trainer having you fucking running along you need your own chef, and he's like, okay, don't eat it yet, don't eat it yet, all right, now, eat it, start consuming it, all right, stop, slow down, stop, stop, spit it out, spit it out! I told you to stop! Get on the electrical! Now you like that Brussels sprout? Did you like that Brussels sprout? Because now you're paying for it! It's a fucking miserable experience, just walking around, your whole body's eating yourself, you know, you want some cake? No! No, just take a salad! Balsamic vinaigrette on the side, no croutons! Oh my God, when is the photo shoot? I want to kill myself. It's horrible. You ever try to get fat? No, you don't have to. It's effortless. You can fucking lay on your back, watching your favorite show, just shoveling shit down your throat. What are you doing? I'm getting fat, I'm getting fat. You got a trainer? Don't need one, it's natural. I just eat everything that makes my sugar salt go like, yeah,
0: woo,
1: yeah, comes right in. Nice roll of fucking flab. No, it's ridiculous. Like, I know nobody wants to be fat, so I'm not shitting on you about that, but don't fucking come at me like it's my problem and I need to fucking rewire myself. No, you're overweight, okay? There's plenty of things that can help you out. This is, everybody's got something to deal with. I'm a fucking lunatic with my temper. This is something I have to deal with. I do. You know, you you can't fucking stop eating pork chops That's something you have to fucking deal with I don't have to completely rewire myself You know what it is, it's just a bunch of sixes Pissed off that they're not getting treated like a ten You know, at some point You just got to acknowledge what you are You're a six, I'm sorry, alright Nobody jerks off to a six That's the deal Unless you work with them. You work with her, you know She's got that one outfit, you know, it just does something for you you're working close quarters, so this You know what a shampoo smells like? There's an intimacy. There's an intimacy there. All right? I don't know what women rub one out to, but I know it ain't me. All right? This is a fantasy. That's why I don't feel bad about it. Trashing them. It's like, yeah, this is all coming from... I'm a strong five. All right? That's where I am. So I still feel like I'm punching up here. You know? Honestly, people, I'm a bald, red-headed male. You don't think there's a glass ceiling on the kinds of parts I can get in Hollywood? Really? You think I'm ever going to be the lead in a romantic comedy? That ain't happening even if I'm booking the movie. I want to make the money back. That's the thing. That's, it's show business. There's a million dollars on this film, okay? We're trying to make fucking money. You just want to show up with fucking crumbs on the side of your face? Show up in shape, looking as fuckable as possible, know your lines, ready to work. It's called being a professional, right? Dude, Ben Stiller had abs and meet the parents. There was no reason for him to do that. He just knew, I'm going to take my fucking shirt off. I don't want to get trashed. He was shredded. Yeah, go be a fucking postman. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. All right. No, you know what it is? This is just the ramblings of someone who's sliding into the back nine of his life, and I'm not understanding half the shit that's going on. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: So that, so that chunk goes on for another ten minutes, the, <laughs> but differently. felt it needed to be said. <laughs> How do you feel about that part out of context? Because it definitely kind of softens as, as the bit kind of goes on.
1: How do I feel about it? Out of contact? Yeah. I didn't have a problem with any because I know the source of it. <laughs> I, was, I was doing a gig in India. I was in Mumbai, India. It used to be called Bombay. Now it's, it's, it's Mumbai. It was this amazing trip that I took over there. And, like, it was just some of the coolest people I met. They were fucking hilarious. But, like, the levels of poverty that I saw was devastating. And when I was over there, I saw, I, saw a, um, I saw, like, this kid was, like, three years old, took a shit between two parked cars and just like walked away and he had like no pants see now it's not funny (laughs) but yeah and like just disappeared the joke i did i go disappeared into the crowd like hannibal lecter at the end of silence of the lambs (laughs) and i i will never forget that like i I just wanted to help he didn't know what to do and and then i came back here and like that was like the big thing like you know does hollywood like i'm just thinking like that's your big complaint like you know you got to lose 10 pounds to star in a fucking movie. It just came across as just, it was hilarious to me. And there was becoming this, this thing where, you know, people were just, I don't know. There was like this, there was really this, there's this bullying that goes on on the left that they just don't see because they're so fucking up their own asses that they just, they just don't think, you know, they don't see how they're Fox News to the left. Yeah. Like, I thought I was liberal
0: till I moved out to Hollywood. It's just like, they're, they're not sane people. <laughs> Do you think it makes you more sensitive to it because you you think you are on their side? Like, I think if you were...
1: That was supposed to be uplifting. Yeah. Like, you have the power <laughs> to get out of this. Stop, like, yelling at me that now I have to readjust what I think beautiful is. You know what I mean? <laughs> nah, we all know, like... Huh? I t- it's like, what the fuck? I mean, you got to sit there and, and, like... So you don't have to... Everybody in Hollywood is on a fucking treadmill. Everybody is. I I have to be, if if I'm over 172... Like right now, I'm about a buck 78. I got something coming up, and I know I got to get it down to 172. And if I'm not, I'm gonna get all this hey Billy Bloatface, all this shit on my fucking Twitter, and they're gonna shit all over me. That's what people fucking do. And 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 being in shape and all that is is difficult, and it takes discipline and all that. And there's this thing where people look at models, they look at good looking people, and they just they just discount the sacrifice that they make to get in that shape. Like, oh, they, they oh, you could fuck. I used to have a fat roommate, and he used to tell me, oh, dude, you could fucking eat anything. I eat one fucking thing. It's like, no, you're eating like 8,000 calories a day. Do you know how bad I want to do what you do and just say, fuck it, give me a whole pizza and chase it with an ice cream? I would love to live that fucking life, okay? Huh? I just... Yeah, no, and they, just, just, they started acting like it was a fucking disease. It's just... See, like I mean this is gray area, because they they mind fucked you. Dude, most of the world is starving. They don't have enough food. It's one of the most fucking pathetic things ever to sit there and bitch moan and complain, like, you know, I don't know, saying you're brave, like your heart's not saying you're brave when you're 25 pounds. They're psyched when they're listening to the industry. They're like, yeah, yeah, shame, shame. Get this shit off of me.
0: Uh in your in and- <laughs> Stop, you know? Uh, in your, in your, I and your, I'm
1: not saying that you just go around trash and fat people, or whatever. But it's like I'm not going to sit there and bear the burden of your fucking mistakes.
0: In your in your first album, I believe it's your first <laughs> album. Someone gets mad at, at one of your jokes, and you say she can't tell that I'm doing a, a character up here. Uh-huh. Do you still think of yourself doing some sort of character, a version of yourself that is not yourself? No, I'm not
1: being a character. I'm being myself. I mean, it's it's a heightened, it's me amped up, like, I would never just, you know, rant and rave (laughs) and have people listen to that. Like, when I'm done doing my act, like, I'm not one of those guys where I, I, like, I want quiet. Like, I go to a dive bar and I want to listen to other people. Like, I I've I've had enough of me at that point. So that guy on stage is just me, you know, um, you know, I'm putting on a show. So, and then, but there are times when I am doing a character and then people don't understand a set or, or there's times like I'm mocking shit and people just don't you know, the word police? Like that bit I did, what are you, a fag? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember there was these gay people. I was in Seattle. And like the second I, I... was making fun of homophobia, imitating morons, talking about how if you like... Um, like the reason why... I think it was the reason why guys die before women is because <laughs> women can like acknowledge like all that softer stuff. Like I, I need to get sleep. I need to, you know, watch... I should take a bath and it's just like, as a guy, you can't do that. Because immediately, it was, what are you, oh, no kid, what are you, anything was just, oh, you taking it in the ass. Everything was just this homophobic thing. So next thing you know, oh, I'm not gay, I'm not, and then you're outside with no jacket on in like 40 degree weather. So it was making fun of it. But the second I was, I did the character, they said, you fucking homophobes. And then they, they stormed out. And then I remember like three days later, I got this email, just over the top, this, this this gay dude, I'm assuming, wrote this shit to me <laughs> going like, oh, I love you. I want to suck your dick and lick your ball," like over the top describing it like I was supposed to be all fucking, you know, because they judge me in that. And I just emailed him back. I was like, you know, if you fucking dopes hung out for the rest of the joke, you would have realized it was actually making fun of homophobia. And then he never wrote back. And I got a, I got a big kick out of that. Like, yeah, like, he wrote like war and peace. Like this was supposed to get me to be like, ugh, uh.
0: Ugh, like, freaking, it's like, I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah. I mean, that bit is, like, I think that was a it was a pretty breakthrough bit that, because it is obviously, like, it's, you're saying the word fag, but it's very much a sensitive portrayal of, like, your desire to, like, hold a pumpkin or what it was. Something. What I wanted, to do? I wanted to carve a pumpkin, or make up no, make a pie. I can't remember what the, what it is
1: that I wanted to do, but it was just, it's, it's all about me trying to, like, a lot of the stuff that you see in Ephesus' family, it's me trying to undo, like, uh, you know, like I said, there's like the problem with my standup back, and if you watch this show, you're, you're going to think that it was all fucked up. Yeah. It wasn't. It was just a different time, and you know, now that I'm a dad, like like I don't want, there's certain things I don't want to continue doing. There's a bunch of stuff I want to continue doing, but like being, you know, like the other day, like I I stabbed my laptop with my phone <laughs> and broke the screen, and it's like I have to stop doing that <laughs> because I don't want to have an angry baby, and like. The best compliments I've gotten on my daughter, other than that she's beautiful, is like, oh my God, she's so relaxed, she's so chill. And I'm like, thank God, I don't want her to be anything like me. I I want her to be like her mom.
0: Has that translated into either how you view the show or your stand-up? No. No.
1: No, it's, I, um, that whole fucking thing where you become like a parent and then all of a sudden you have to start watching what you say in front of like adults. I mean, I've said so much fucked up shit. It's already out there, so for me to pull up now would people just be, and they they would know that it wasn't true, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. So
1: I, I go just as you know. Um. I don't. I didn't change the formula. I just I just say what I th- if I
0: think something's funny, I say it, and uh, you know there are certain tricky subjects, you know. So so this joke in particular. So you you went to India and you saw that and you came back so when you're starting to do it on stage what did you start with when you're actually going to start making it into a thing that's in your app oh when I started it I didn't tell the India thing I just went with the, the
1: thing that I thought was funny like sometimes as a comic you can, you can forget that everybody else doesn't live in your head so you just sort of start in the middle of the thing so it just sounded like I was just going off on, the, on fat people and they were just like the fuck is wrong with this bald guy making fun of fat people right where does he get off doing this and it wasn't until um it wasn't until i added the india thing that it it ended up there was like a a because what i do is i i say it that way first and then i do the india thing just to get people all fucking "Ah, you know it's just a fun thing to just
0: to just go you know just people like that are just, they're, they're fun to me. Well, I mean, you've said that you like I mean, there's this idea you like to try to lose an audience a little bit first and then try to win them back. So, no, I try, I'm trying to get them to show how ridiculous it is
1: to, to do that word thing. Like all these words are bad. These words are good. And if you use these words, you're bad. Or these subjects like that, that whole thing, when they talk about comedians working clean or dirty, when they talk about a clean comic, they don't just mean words. Like they also mean, like, don't have an opinion that's going to, uh, you know, upset whatever the group is that's, like, in front of you. And um, I think a lot of people, like, if you really sat and listened to the voice in your head, which is what comics do a lot of the times, and then say it, like, if you really listen to the voice in your head, like, you're, you're you know, you say it and think a lot
0: of fucked up things, you know? So um, what do you think the audience gets out of having a structure where it starts where you're kind of pushing them a little bit first and then explaining the context that way? Well, I used to do it to get people
1: to listen because I'd be doing
0: these awful gigs.
1: I'd be in like bars and no one would be listening. So you just start saying something that sounds like, "Oh my God, is this guy, is this guy going to say something homophobic? Is he going to? Is he? Is this going to be racist? Is he pro Hitler? Like these are these these are things that get people to put their drink down and be like, you know, what's what's going on up there." <laughs> And you just keep doing it to them. You just keep pulling the football away, and they go flying. But they start paying attention. Then they get into your rhythm, and then you could actually do your act. It was, you know, there's all these techniques when you're starting out, and people don't know who you are, to try to get a crowd to listen to you as you get put into, like, one impossible situation. Like, I used to do all these nooners, these college gigs at, like, 12 noon or 1 in the afternoon. They'd have you in a cafeteria. The college kids had no idea there was going to be a show and then they'd have the student come up and give you, like, the worst intro ever. Like, you always say the name last, no matter how big, bad the intro is. It's like, please welcome, blah, blah, blah. And they would always say your name first. They'd be like, we have a comedian. His name's Bill Burr. He's been on Comedy Central. And here he is. And it was just like, what the fuck? And then the, you were just walking up to no momentum. Like, the air was just still... And then you get up there, and all you, oh, you just felt, you were just interrupting people. It was, it was fucking horrific. And, um, I, and I was really angry back then. I remember doing one nooner, and it was like, it was just, it was, I just used to always think in an hour, this is going to be over. And I remember I was, was going so fucking hard, and I was so mad, and I was trashing everybody. I was like 19 minutes into my bit, my shit, and this guy just walked up to the non-existent stage. I was just, I was just like, just standing. <laughs> on a rug in this cafeteria, just walked up and handed me a note, and it just said, can you wrap it up in five? <laughs> and I was immediately relieved, and then I was thinking, wait a minute, are they not going to pay me because I'm contractually obligated yeah. to do an hour? So then I was like, what, what's the play here? Do I get off in five and not get paid, or I act like I didn't understand it and keep going so I get paid? And Yeah, so there was, there was a lot of that shit. So, and I think that that ended up... Um, Contributing to whatever my style might be.
0: I should say, and I'll apologize, when I was uh, 12 years ago, I was at the University of Maryland, and I was part of the programming board that booked you, and uh, it was how, how did, you how, and Kevin Hart. You and Kevin Hart. Right. I can't remember who closed. I believe the only people there were the programming board that booked
1: it. I remember that gig. <laughs> I remember that gig, because that was uh, Kevin just had his... Did he, was he talking about just having his son? I, I didn't do cool. too many college gigs with him. Um, he, he, yeah, he blew up so fast. I remember that. Yeah, I remember him talking about his son, saying that his son was born, like, really fat. He was fat as shit. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it's embarrassing. I remember really enjoying watching that because it was, you know, he was such a young comic and he had such a big thing happen that he was talking about something really personal yeah. and
0: was letting him in and... Um, I thought there was more people than that, man. I thought... Oh, May there's... may yeah. was like... Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, but I am sorry. It was a great show. Huh? I appreciate it. Um, so, you know, I, I think I heard that it used to be, like, letter-perfect to the jokes, and now you write on stage. At this point, how deliberate are you with the phrasing of things? You know, the firefighter analogy, is it kind of the same every time at this point? What's the firefighter analogy? There is a... Uh, you see a firefighter, and you're like, oh, you're brave. You're like a... That actress. too.
1: Oh, yeah. That's like uh, I learned that from Patrice, the late great Patrice O'Neill, where he I would watch him. Yep. He he would he would, you know, switch up the order of his jokes and the jokes themselves. He would play with how he told them and everything. And he would just say, Bill, as long as you have the essence of the joke. Like you know where it's going you're starting here, it goes here, and then it ends here. Then you could actually improv within the joke. the joke can expand, it can contract, you can go right to it and um it's a way of keeping like it's a way of keeping it fresh like this night's one i don't feel I'm not on, and then I have all of these games. you know it, what's funny is this you know with all these improv teachers always like and I'm a comedian cannot improvise. they are up there, but what we do I remember I was taking improv- improvisation classes a long time ago, I remember they would always say that we couldn't improvise and it's just like, they really didn't understand, like, you know, you can go up there and just have an act and just go up there and recite it and be thinking about other shit in your life and then there's an unbelievable other side of like the level of fun that you can have and I learned it from like guys like Dave Attell and you can just sort of just, just step off the cliff and just see where this goes and um, and then it just grows into something else and then maybe that other part of the joke that was the end gets cut off and it, it just never becomes that. Cause I have people come up to me all the time, but, oh man, you used to say that this part, you didn't do that part in the special. And I just like, ah, you know, <laughs> it just kind of fell off. I just, you know, I got, or they'll remind me. I was like, oh yeah, that was funny. I should, I should keep doing that. I'll bring that back. <laughs> but, um, but sometimes I pay the price for that, but I, you know, I, I, I like the, uh, the freedom of, of, of doing it the other way.
0: Um so the joke kind of ends with you saying you know you 're talking about sixes and you consider yourself a hard five, so it 's okay because <laughs> you 're still punching up yes do you oh, yeah. do you actually care about punching up or not or are you just using that kind of no,
1: I made that as the the
0: that analogy.
1: I hate that you know you know punch up, don't punch down, and like that whole fucking thing like you like you're this hero. If you're going after, I mean, you know, the same old fucking, you know, you can't, there's only so long you can make fun of the upper 1%. You know, it's, it's, and it's fun to go after, like, you know, just fun to go after shit that you're not supposed to go after. I just don't see the sport and just going after the thing that everybody's mad at. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like watching that, the women's march. It was like so fucking anticlimactic. It's like everyone was in agreement. <laughs> so it was just like, it just didn't go anywhere. He's like, hey, we're gonna run go there, right? Yes! And we're gonna do that, right? Yes, yes, fucking, let's, let's start walking. We all fucking, like there was gonna be some woman, they're like,
0: no, no, I
1: wanna I want stay in the kitchen. I don't know I don't know what we saying here. So it was just like. And that was a fun thing to make fun of because then you had like all the celebrities were there and they can't help but make it about themselves. I thought it was hilarious that Madonna showed up and she was wearing the beret, so you knew she was going to be a rebel that day. Like, she literally made, like, a fashion statement. And then she deliberately says the over-the-top fucking thing about blowing up the White House, knowing she's going to get free press, ends up selling albums, like, being part of the cause and whoring it out all at the same time. It's just like, that's the shit. That's the shit that I love. And that's also why my wife loves and hates to watch television with me. Because everything... <laughs> Everything becomes
0: that. I just sit there and she's like, you can't just shut up. You can't just you can't just watch this, you know? I wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about political correctness or people who get offended uh, easily. And I was thinking, you know, it's a bit of a, a, par- a paradox because, uh, you know, people are easily offended these days, but if there weren't people that are offended, that would kind of have you'd have... I don't left. think they are easily offended. No. I
1: think that it's... You don't need that many people... Flipping out and they'll turn it into a story. I don't think that people, I think generally speaking, people are intelligent. They know they're watching a comedian and they understand that it's a joke. But, like, I mean, you could do a show and there'll be 1,500 people there and one person gets offended. And then all of a sudden, that's the story. And they're like, there'll be like controversy at the stage. It's like, no. If you were a president, president, right? And in 1,499 out of 1,500, approved of you like it would be you'd be you'd be like a king like people be like we don't ever need anybody else to run for this shit i just think that they they it's lazy it's lazy journalism they all fucking do it and they they ignore the real shit they ignore real shit they'll ignore like you know pharmaceutical companies they completely ignored the heroin epidemic all of that shit but if a comedian does a fucking caitlin jenner joke Oh, if he, he trans-fucking, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is word, a phobic, you know? And it's just like, I always, I, I've been saying comedians should start buying advertising time <laughs> on like the Huffington Post and all of these fucking places. And we would never magically, we would stop offending people because they're not going to bite the hand that feeds.
0: But, I mean, you need that offended person to be, I mean, if you you need a boundary to be pushing boundaries. I mean, you need at least that one person so you're not... Just preaching to people. No, I think that that's like a, that's a cliched, like, idea that, that stand. I don't go on
1: up there to offend people. I'm going up there to make you laugh. And I understand that now with your phones and YouTube and everything, like, how, like, what made people laugh 20, like, people, regular people are, are so much more educated on on what's funny and what's real and and they making their own videos they make their own videos they think it's funny and they get trashed like a comic and and then like you learn what place so i think you you have to go up there and you you have to um you just you got to go into original areas and i'm i'm never going up there to be like uh um, just like, I, you, oh, who am I going to offend tonight? Like, yeah. I don't look at it that way, but like, just how I look at things. I'm also a contrarian, so that you know, makes it kind of easy to do that stuff. But like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, if you saw the fucking dopes that come that you actually get offended that come up to you after a show, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this lady came up to me. I, I was doing this thing about rescue dogs, right? Because yeah. I rescued a dog, and I loved the dog, and she just couldn't fucking hear it. Because I, I talked about, initially, my thoughts on them. Like, you know, I was, like, on pit bulls and shit like that. And she didn't hear the ending. She came up. She was a member of one of those, like, you know, just let you know, I'm a member of, like, PETA and something like that. It's just like, like she went to college and earned a degree. It's like, all you have to do is sign up. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like. It's like when someone tries to go, like, oh, you know, they, they're always arguing the right side. They're always arguing the left. They go, oh, I'm a registered independent. You know, like that. It's like, yeah, well, what, what test did you have to? You know, just, all you do is just check off a box. So it's like that's, that doesn't prove anything. So it's a lot of people like that. And it's a lot of people on those, those websites where they just, they're, they're going to, even if you, nobody was offended, one person, they're going to try, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna frame it. They're going to frame it and make it look like something happened and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Which is why if you just ignore it, it goes away in three, like, not even like three days now. Now it's like, you know, Couple hours. I don't know, I just saw a video of some, like, you know, some little girl got yanked into the water by a, a, a sea lion. So, like, this is one of the safest nights ever to try out some edgy shit because <laughs> I guess no one's going to see that. Everyone's going to be watching this little girl getting yanked in there. <laughs> this dude. It's not even his kid. He jumps in fully fucking clothed. You know he had his cell phone. He fucking yanks the kid out, and the parents just walk away. They do not even say thank you. This guy's like all drenched going like, is she all right? Is she all right?
0: You know, You know. this joke is, is similar in some ways to the, uh, the, the joke that you have about being a mother is the hardest, the hardest job, in that, you know, it, it's really about kind of hack opinions. Do you feel like more than anything else hyperbole yeah yeah Yeah. so
1: this is the toughest job on the planet it's like and and i compared it to when that oil rig fucking blew up and those people had to to jump on fire into water that was on fire go underneath it and then sit there with burns on their body in salt water praying to god the coast guard got there before they got eaten by a shark as opposed to your kid being fussy and not wanting to eat fucking pea soup (laughs) I'm not saying it's not a difficult job. It's just not the most difficult job in the world. Mothers don't age like the president, you know? You don't go to bed with bodies on your mind. Like, wow,
0: I hope that missile hit the right people. <laughs> well, when you're filming a special, you know, you have the people in front of you, but are you are also considering that there's going to be an audience that is not whatever the room is? Do you think about there are going to be people watching it out. No, know. I totally block out that I'm doing a special because then you get on your head and you're
1: like, oh my God, I forgot that tag, blah, blah, blah. I just look at it like I'm doing a show and this is just documenting how my bullshit came out this night. I don't look at the cameras and I just sort of like, I just, the, the hardest thing is to get people, to get the crowd zapped out of the fact that they're watching a special because yeah. it's interesting. You know, they're looking and then if you trip over something, they look like, rather than just watching it, they they even get into that, ooh, ooh. He tripped over that. Like, what's he gonna do? And, you know, I leave all of that like a lot. Leave a lot of extra air in there. Like, I want it to feel like, you know, you're sitting there. Like the way they used to do them. Like there was that awful period of like ridiculous edits. And if you ever just want to see how bad it got, watch. Go back to like early days uh, of like MTV Sports when that shooting style of like edit, 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 edit. There was this industry thing. I remember back then they had this idea because. Channel surfing just started with all that. Yeah. That if you did a bunch of edits, like someone at home would be so dumb to be like, oh, wait, am I changing channels? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it was just this stupid theory that people latched onto. And what happened was then you would watch shit, and it was – you didn't – I just started watching stand-up specials, and I would be like, why does this look so fake? And then I go back, and I'm watching Pryor, Cosby, and Carlin and all these old specials, and they, these look so real and it was you know part of it is hd it's it's like so clear you're seeing pores which is weird and then the other part was they just kept editing 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 and you're like behind the comic you're up in the balcony my, my favorite thing the jib camera like you need to swoop into a joke like it's diehard you know <laughs> and what i noticed is that they took long times between shots and the, you never really saw the crowd they'd go to laugh and the, you you watch Richard go over and take a sip of water. You would want, you felt made you feel like you were there, and that, that you know epileptic way that they, they shoot him and your brain just keeps resetting.
0: Yeah, in an interview you said you, you had this material longer than you usually would for a special. Usually, you yeah, because I was I was doing the show. Said it was a little overcooked, or you know, and, but it was a little better. But maybe the material was a little overcooked. What does that mean, kind of on a, in a practical level? Is you want to get right up to just being sick of your material. And then it's
1: then you know it's time. So I got sick of it. Wrote more. Started getting sick of that. There was just like a bunch of shit. And like, um, I guess you know, I've heard people like I don't know. I guess I like take like a, like a chef. You know, I talked to the chef one time. He said if you're cooking the right way, by the time you're done making it, you don't want to eat it. Because you keep tasting it and all that type of stuff. And then you bring it to people like, Oh my God, this is fucking amazing. And just the smell of it makes you want to puke. That's what, <laughs> that's what happens to your act after a while. It's just like you just keep doing them. And even with the impro- improvise and everything, it's just like, I just want to, I just want to document this and, and get rid of it. Like my favorite time is, is, is the, day after the special, other than the fact that I have to watch it and shit. And edit. I hate that part, but is I just get to go down to the comedy store and just go down there, and it's just a blank slate, and that's fun, because I take all the rules of hack, and I just throw them out the window. <laughs> I'll talk about the Kardashians, O.J. Simpson. I don't give a fuck. Just anything to be
0: saying something new, and um, I don't know. It's, it's the, the whole rebirth thing to be hacky. Um, you said your hope is that every special is different and better. How are you Better as a comedian than you've ever been.
1: I just work on, I don't know, I work on different skills. What like, skill? Well, um, act outs. Yeah. Act outs were something that I could do in the car with my wife, and she'd be dying laughing. And then I'd get on stage, and I could do it for like, you know, six seconds. And the second it started to bomb, I went back to like my safety net of just like, you know, being the ranty whatever guy. Um, now right now I'm kind of working on taking shit to a, a weird like dark place. But it's still silly and it's been it's been a fun thing to do. Like I've been talking about this guy took uh you know his dog shit bag and he put it in my recycled trash can. And I just talk about finding out who he is and waiting outside of his house waiting for him to go to bed. And just the level of creepy that I can bring it to. It's almost like the creepier the better. And that that's something that I'm working on now. <laughs>
0: So that sound meant, and so at the end of the podcast, there's this thing called the laughing round, which is like a lightning round, but because it's comedy, it's a, a laughing round. Are you going to play that sound effect? Please don't.
1: That's like... It's... It's... Star-like. I will put it real low in the mix. Okay. Jesus,
0: that was just... <laughs> that was unsettling. Um, do you have a favorite kind of joke, joke? Street joke?
1: Oh, I'm so bad at these. Yeah, of course I do. I just can't, uh... <laughs> I can't remember. Anything,
0: Jackie the Joke Man's jokes are always great. I, I like his shit. Um, so I brought two pens out. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to drum your favorite beat on the table. You're,
1: no. Oh. <laughs> you realize how, how dumb that would be? You sit there hyping up. It took me 25 years to get good at at stand-up comedy, so you would actually take the time to fucking interview me, and then I'm going to do my hobby without the tools I need?
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, If you are asked to host SNL, would you, and do you have any impressions or characters you would do? Um, I,
1: I, I, how do you say no to that? But it's not something on On my radar. radar, just because, I just... I don't feel like I'm a network guy. I just don't. Like, I don't know if I'm still still scarred over from the uh, Dancing in the Fountain years. But, like, I just... uh, And I also got to be honest with you. There's a certain level of being known that I don't want to get to. Like, it it just becomes... I've seen it. It's it's like fun, 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 fun. Whoa, weird, weird. Not fun, not fun. And then you got to live behind a gate and all that shit. Like, I like... Yeah, I like my sort of, you know, enough people know who I
0: am. They buy the tickets, I do my show, and then I leave, and then, you know, people leave me alone. So, very soon the Celtics are about to be playing Cleveland after losing for about. Oh, thank you for saying that we're actually in that series. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is there anything you would say? If you were the coach of the Celtics, would you say to try to be like, there's still a series left? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I know what I would say.
1: You know, Kelly Olynyk is a fucking beast in Game 7. Okay, he sucks one through game, games one through six. You guys got to get us to game seven, the fourth quarter. And somehow he's going to bring us home. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, would just, I don't know what to say. We've lost by like a combined 80 points in the first two games. Um, I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm rooting for Cleveland to repeat. And I think, I think LeBron is pissed that they're not getting treated like the champions And, you know, everybody's like, oh, but the Celtics are the number one seed. And he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, here's your number one seed, right? Takes (laughs) them out. And uh, I don't know. I've never seen a more anticlimactic Eastern and Western Conference finals. (laughs) But I, I really hope... Oh, man, I, I hope they beat the Warriors again. Because I wanted to see Oklahoma battle it again to see if they could get past them. Like, this whole fucking thing where everybody piles on. I hate that shit. I hated those first three championships Kobe won with Shaq and then <laughs> everybody showed up. Like, the last two were cool where it was more like his team. But, like, I remember as a kid, you'd be in outdoor recess choosing up teams. And if it, there was too many good kids, everybody would like, oh, oh, oh. Even, like, as a fifth grader, you're like, dude, the, come on, man. It's like, what the fuck? Where's the fun in this? <laughs> We used to call it smuck teams. These teams are smuck. I don't even know what that meant.
0: <laughs> if you could uh, take any comedian living or dead's joke and kind of get away with it so no one's... What joke would you wish that you could have as yours? Or you a subject? Oh, prior? fuck it. Richard Pryor when his monkey's died. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, I'll be very curious to see how you respond to this. Do you know the comedian Alonzo Hamburger Jones? He's a comedian that every joke he ended with, he would just go, hamburger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a great guy, I've worked with him He's a great dude If you had a hamburger-like tag to all your jokes You know what's funny, I never even knew his name I just knew him as Hamburger (laughs) What would be your
1: hamburger? Uh, Go fuck yourself (laughs) Silver!
0: Thank you That's it for another episode of Good One. Bill Burr's Walk Your Way Out and F is for Family is available on Netflix. Follow Bill on Twitter, at Bill Burr. Good One is produced by Jordan Bell and Jennifer Lye. Justin D. Wright did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. And hey, if you know one who might like the show, maybe tell them, what the heck. You can email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com. I am Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. We'll be back next week with another episode. Have a good one.